baseball took up a lot of time, um, a lot of preparation and practice, and so does basketball. It's just I was a little, I'm a little more tired after basketball practice than I was <laughs> for baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Warsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. Very excited about today's show. We're going to sit down with LSU walk-on Will Reese, who, if you're an LSU baseball fan, that name might sound even more familiar to you than if you're an LSU basketball fan, because the last two years, Will Reese has been an LSU Tiger on the baseball field. This year, this offseason, he made the transition from baseball to basketball, in an age where two-sport athletes are increasingly rare, uh, I've been really interested in Will's story. I uh, wanted to sit down with him for a long time, so it was great to sit down with him and talk about making that switch from baseball to basketball, uh, some of the things that maybe Will Wade and Palmineri have in common, some of the things that are different about them, some of the things that are similar and different about the two programs. So really interesting conversation. Uh, also, before that interview, I'm going to play a clip from media day this year where will wade talked about will reese making the switch that's hard to say where will wade talked about will reese that's a lot of wills and w's to say in the same sentence so uh, i made it through though so um proud of myself someone else who should be proud of themselves is lsu sophomore guard tremont waters who uh, of course, led LSU to a 92-82 win over Georgia last night, a win that, while still a win and still counts as a W in the record book and still keeps LSU as, alongside Tennessee as the only two undefeated teams in SEC play, wasn't the prettiest of wins, particularly on the defensive end as LSU struggled to get some stops in the second half. Will Wade was not happy about that. We're going to hear from him in a second about what he wasn't happy about. If you know Will Wade, he, he'll tell you what he's not happy about after a game, and he certainly did that last night, sort of setting the standard for this team and what he expects from them. But one of the things he was happy about was the play of Tremont Waters and Skyler Mays. LSU's two guards were really good against Georgia. Tremont had one of his best games of the year, scoring 26 points. Uh, didn't turn the ball over for the very first time in his LSU career. 19 of those points came after halftime. Uh, in the second half, Tremont just kind of took over. Even late in the game, LSU just kind of cleared it out and said, all right, Tremont, your ball, you go and, and you create. And he didn't let them down. Hit six of nine from the field in the second half. In the second half, hit seven of eight from the line uh, after missing a couple early in the game with the line. But also ended with four steals and, like I said, uh, zero turnovers, four assists. Another really good game from Tremont Waters. Uh, in addition to Will Wade talking about Tremont Waters, we're going to hear from a couple different perspectives on the play of Tremont Waters of late. Uh, not only his teammates, but the last two coaches LSU has played against have come into the media room after the game and just sung the praises of Tremont Waters. So we'll hear about that in a second. But quickly, let's break down this LSU-Georgia game before we get to uh, all of that. So LSU, of course, like I said, comes out on top 92-82. The Tigers shoot 50% from the field, just 25% from the three-point line, and a, and a number that has dipped from where they were to start conference play. Uh, after absolutely shooting the lights out from the free throw line in the last game, they struggled a little bit more in this game, particularly early, but still finished 72% at the line. Uh, the number that stands out from the box score for LSU offensively is just eight turnovers. They have a, a team goal of... 10 or fewer turnovers a game, and uh, last night was the first time in a while they've gotten to that number, led by Tremont Waters with his first career college game 
without a single turnover. So Tigers took care of the ball. Uh, they were able to convert some Georgia turnovers into points off of turnovers, 17 points off of turnovers, and uh, pretty much even on the board. So offensively, a, a very solid game for LSU in addition to Tremont, Skyler Mays, as I mentioned earlier, very, very efficient. His most efficient game of the year, actually. Uh, 20 points on just nine field goal attempts, hit all eight free throws that he took. Two assists, zero turnovers. Good to see Skyler getting back to that form that he had in the non-conference. His best performance in an SEC game this year. So good for Skyler, uh, a guy who works as hard as anybody and uh, and certainly was huge for LSU, particularly in the first half last night. Had 14 points in the first half. He, if you watch the game, you saw he kind of got a blow to the face. I think it was maybe an elbow or a hand. Had to come out of the game for a little bit. A little bit of concern there. He comes back in and scores, I think, eight out of the next ten points for LSU and and really heated up for them offensively. So good to see Skyler get back in a rhythm. Also, someone who had a, an efficient game offensively shooting the ball was Naz Reed, who had 15 points on 7 of 11 shooting, hit the only three that he took, and also had seven rebounds. The only glitch on Naz's night was five turnovers. He had five of LSU's eight. But other than that, a very effective game for the big man for LSU. A couple of the guys who stood out individually Emmett Williams only had six points and five rebounds in 17 minutes, but he was pretty effective. He he, he gave a lot of energy, a lot of hustle. Uh, had a couple uh, hustle plays in the first half that really stand out. One he uh, he kind of you know Tremont got a steal and in in the Georgia attacking half of the field saved it by throwing it all the way to the other end of the court. Looked like it was going out of bounds. A Georgia guy chased after it slowed down and then here comes Emmett Williams out of nowhere to save it ends up getting LSU a bucket so uh, Emmett was also plus 18 in just 17 minutes which was the second best number on the team the best number on the team was Tremont uh, excuse me the best number on the team was Javante Smart who didn't have his best game offensively just 4 of 14 from the field but was plus 19 in 25 minutes so all in all offensively a good showing for LSU but it was on the defensive end that Will Wade was not happy with the way that LSU played Georgia had four guys in double figures. They shot 53% from the field on the game, 47% from three, and uh, 77% from the line. They scored 82 points, about 1.08 points per possession, which isn't phenomenal. That's that's fine offensively, but it was really the second half where, where LSU struggled. In the first half, they were pretty good defensively, held Georgia to 36 points, I believe, in a, in a high up-tempo game. But the second half, Georgia gets thirty. Uh, excuse me, gets forty-six points. Shoots fifty-nine percent from the field, forty-three percent from three, nine to twelve at the line for seventy-five percent at the line. Uh, LSU just couldn't get enough stops late in that game. Now, w- what they were able to do was just kind of score with Georgia. They they just matched them bucket for bucket, particularly with Tremont Waters sort of dominating on offense, and that's why we're able to keep Georgia at bay for the most point. I don't think it it got any closer than than six uh, in the second half. But the defense was a concern for Will Wade. If, if you listen to two podcasts ago with Dane Bradshaw, he talked about LSU trying to get into that Tennessee tier. And he said the biggest thing that, that's keeping LSU from that tier, and, and it was the biggest thing that kept Tennessee from that tier before they got there, was keeping the foot on the gas, particularly defensively. And, and what Dane said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but when you're a really, really good team and you know you can score on just about any possession, as LSU was able to do last night, the, the thing that will separate that team from becoming a great team is still locking in defensively, still getting stop after stop after stop. And LSU's done that at times this year, and particularly in the, the games leading up to this, they, they had taken some real steps 
forward defensively, but against Georgia, they took some steps back. Um, you know, I won't break it down. I'll just let Will Wade do it for me because he's better at it than me. Well, our communication was bad. We were a step slow. We got beat on back doors. We had our foot angles bad on the perimeter. We're out there chasing them too long. We got uh, direct line drive. When we weren't getting that, we're letting the ball in the post too easily. Our post guys got put in the basket. Um, besides that, we were okay. Our transition defense was terrible as well. So besides all that, I guess the defense was, was serviceable. But our transition defense was awful. Uh, our post defense was even worse. And our on-ball defense was not very good. And we got just cut up. They were cutting so much harder than us. We didn't backdoor snap one time. We didn't get deflections. I mean, we were, it was as poor as we could be. I, 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 I'm embarrassed. There you have it from the head coach himself, uh, a head coach with very, very high standards. Will Wade not happy with the way that LSU defended, particularly in the second half of that game. LSU's going to have to be more consistent on that end of the floor if they're going to take the next step forward. Um, Will went on to say that he saw this coming from 100 miles away. Uh, the, the last couple of days in practice had been a little sloppy. Uh, I was at shoot-around the day of the game, and I thought it looked okay. And, and he said that he thought shoot-around went a little bit better. Um, but you know, particularly on that defensive end of the floor, LSU just seemed to let up a little bit. And um, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to get this team where it wants to go. But um, the, the good news is that Offensively, they remain one of the best teams in the country. Tremont Waters has emerged as one of the best point guards in the country. Uh, I tweeted out a stat earlier, and I'll go ahead and read it here. It's a couple stats, actually. Uh, I've been doing this recently because if you look at, at Tremont's last few games, both as uh, this season and going back to last season, his last few SEC games, he's been phenomenal. Uh, so his last eight games... Tremont Waters is averaging 18 points a game, 7.1 assists per game, 3.0 steals per game on 49.5% from field, 38.5% from three, and 73.7% from the line shooting. In his last 11 SEC games, so dating back to last season, 20.8 points per game, 6.6 assists per game, 1.7 steals per game on 49.7 from the field, 41.8 from three and 74.6 from the line. As I said in my tweet, no point guard in LSU basketball history has put up these kinds of numbers, period. It's it's unprecedented in the history of the program. I mean, if you look at, take for example, Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson scored more than Tremont Waters, but he didn't have the assist numbers. Um, take Pete Maravich, for example. Certainly scored more, had more assists, not as many as, as Tremont. He had more assists than Chris Jackson, uh, still not to Tremont's levels, but Tremont's shooting better percentages and also Pete didn't have the three-point line, and Tremont does. So uh, right now what Tremont's doing is, like I said, unprecedented. It's historical. If, if you're a fan of basketball, you should enjoy it. Uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch him develop, fun to watch him grow, fun to watch him get back to doing what he does best. And I wouldn't say it's fun for these guys, but certainly a couple of guys who can appreciate what Tremont Waters brings to the table is the two co head coaches that LSU's played in the last two games. That's Frank Martin and Tom Crean. Now, a little – Backstory on this, um, Tom Crean recruited Tremont when Crean was at Indiana and recruited him pretty hard. I think he got him there on official visit. I tweeted out a picture last night of them uh, on the official visit together. They they were close. They have a, a good relationship. So um, just understand that when Tom Crean's talking. But, you know, I've been covering LSU basketball since 2010. I've been around college basketball for a decade having played it. I've been watching basketball my whole life. Uh, both of my parents were high school coaches. I've been around the game for a long time. I have never seen opposing coaches 
sing the praises of another player the way that the last two head coaches have toward Tremont Water. So I'm just going to play those clips back to back. The first voice you're going to hear is Frank Martin. Um, he basically says that Tremont's one of his favorite players in the conference. It's actually two sound clips kind of fused together, so you'll kind of hear that. But the first voice is Frank Martin. The second voice is Tom Crean. Other uh, point guard's a special, special player. I, I, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, uh, he, he's, he's a difficult, difficult cover. He's difficult to guard when you play well. And when you don't play well, you get embarrassed, and that's what they did to us. First of all, he's an unbelievable competitor. That's for starters. Uh, I, I, I don't coach Will's team. I don't really read like what other coaches say about their teams. I'm not in, I'm, some guys are consumed with that. I'm not. But I got a feeling he's probably going to tell you that he's the leader of their team. That's just a guess on my part. Uh, uh, he's, he's an unbelievable competitor that's got great instincts for the game. Uh, and, you know, in the day and age where you see a lot of guys that dribble 147 times, he gets everybody the ball. And when you cheat, then he attacks you. And, uh, uh, but the competitor that he is, because uh, he's a very good basketball player, the competitor that he is puts him over the top. I think he's phenomenal. I, he's one of my favorite players in the conference. He's always had the ball in his hands since I've known him, and, and um, um, he's an excellent passer. Uh, like I told our team, he hurt you with his scoring. He beat you with his passing. There was also plenty of praise for Tremont last night from his own head coach, Will Wade. Um, you can read about that at lsusports.net. I have a feature up uh, after that win, uh, breaking down what Tremont did and what Will Wade had to say, basically saying that he saved LSU and and uh, and that he was their go-to guy down the stretch, and that he was phenomenal down the stretch. Uh, he actually scored 10 of LSU's last 15 points and assisted on two more of them. So uh, he was huge down the stretch. Uh, the other guy who had some very nice things to say about Tremont was Skyler Mays, his teammate, who also, again, had a very good game for LSU. Um, if you've seen the video of this, I tweeted it out last night. I put it on my Instagram as well, at Cody M. Worsham on Instagram, at Cody Worsham on Twitter. The video is better than the audio. Uh, I know this is a podcast and, and probably not the smartest thing in the world to admit that another piece of content is better than this one, but the video is better because you can see Skyler answering the question and you can see Tremont responding as he's answering the question. Even as the question's being asked, uh, Michael Cobble of WBRZ asked the question, uh, Tremont's just kind of blushing and, and really embarrassed that he's being complimented the way that he is. Um, it's a really good piece because you can kind of see the the affection and the friendship that the Tremont and Skyler have and, and sort of the big brother role that Skyler plays, not just with Tremont, but with the entire team. Um, but here's Skyler basically, you're, you're, you're going to hear the question. Um, here's Skyler just singing the praises of his point guard who had yet another phenomenal game. Skyler, you know how hard it is to play in this league, play that guard position. When you, when you see what Trey does, kind of night in, night out, but, but then really showcasing it tonight. It almost seemed effortless for him at times. Do you see that? Yeah, he, he, he makes a lot of things look uh, easier than they are. Uh, just a special player. Uh, you know, a guy I love going to work with every day and just watching him, you know, just watching his growth. Uh, you know, I'm just so proud of him and who he's becoming. It's funny listening back to that audio. You can kind of hear Tremont laughing in an embarrassed fashion at the end of that that answer from Skyler. But yet another good game from Tremont Waters and, and kind of carried the bucket for LSU uh, to help them overcome some defensive issues that they're going to have to clean up 
as they get into the heart of conference play. All right, I want to now pivot to the interview with Will Reese, LSU sophomore walk-on guard, a guy who has a really interesting story, was a phenomenal high school basketball player at Anacoco. I think he was the most outstanding player in the top 28. He scored buckets of points, I mean 20-plus per game for sure. Um, if Go look at his YouTube clips from – when he was a high school basketball player, he was he was great, man. He was really good. Um, before we play that interview, though, I want to go back all the way to LSU Basketball Media Day in October, I believe. And I asked Will Wade, I said, hey, how did you get Will Reese on the basketball team? And he kind of went into the details that – they went into that, and there's a connection to Wade Sims, and, and um, you know there's a connection to Reed Vial, who was a walk-on for LSU last year, and it's just a really interesting story. So leading into that interview, I wanted to play that clip from Will Wade, uh, and then we'll transition directly into the interview with Will Reese. And finally, when we get done with that interview with Will Reese, I'm going to come back at the very end of the show, give you a very, very quick preview of LSU's trip to Missouri this weekend because we will not have a media session uh, until Friday at 11. Wouldn't to get you something a little bit sooner than that. So stick around after the interview with Will Reese to get a little Missouri preview, and then we'll sign off. How'd you get Will Reese on the roster? What's the story there, and, and oh, what does wow. he bring He's to the table? I tell you what, uh, for you guys who don't know, Will Reese was on our baseball team. Coach Benary actually said something to me about him at one of our head coaches' meetings. You know, he was an all-state uh, basketball player at Anacoco, and he's from Leesville. And um, Coach Benary said something about him. Hey, he's a you know he's he was a pitcher for the baseball team, and I think he kind of topped out about eighty-eight, and they needed him to be about ninety-two. Um, and so Coach Benary said something to me about him, and then uh, believe it or not, I, I don't want to get into all this, but. Um, at a state all-star game, he was roommates with Wade Sims. And so we started asking around to Wade, and then Will and Reed Vial, who was a walk-on for us last year, were good friends on campus. They had kind of known each other in some of the same circles on campus. And so we started just asking around and, and, and doing some research. And then uh, I invited him to a couple workouts uh, in the spring and said, hey, look, this is what you're – you know, this is what you'd be getting into, and um, he's he's a he's a he's a good player. Um, he's he's got good he's got good length. He's got uh, very very smart, very very intelligent. He can apply something the first time you say something to him, and uh, he's somebody that you know early on here, depending on how Marlin, you know, heals. He's somebody we could you know we could play uh, early on here in the in, in the season. He's somebody that could see some. Uh, he, he's somebody that could see some spot minutes as we as we move on here. So, um, you know, I'm, I have a trust with him. He's a, he's a sharp guy, knows how to play, very very good defender, very very good position defender, and he can shoot it a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, we did a little research, and he was a good, really good high school basketball player. And I think baseball just took him as an athlete, kind of hoping to turn him into a really good baseball player. And I guess that didn't work out, and it's very beneficial for us. He's a, I don't say this in a bad way, but I mean he's like the perfect walk-on. Like you can't draw him up any better. Just great student, smart, you know, uh, awesome in the locker room. The guys like him, always on time, dependable. He just practices hard, always where he's supposed to be. And um, you know, he's he. I tell you what, we put him out there in a game situation against another team, and he was 
he was pretty good. He was pretty good. So I mean, he'd have, he'd have been a scholarship player for me at Chattanooga. I mean, that's he could he'd have been a if I was a head coach at Chattanooga, he'd have been somebody I had on I'd have had on scholarship there. All right, here with sophomore guard Will Reese on Boot Up the LSU Basketball Podcast. Will, you have such an interesting story, so I'm, I'm really happy to talk to you. Um, so the, the, the first thing that stands out, obviously, is that you were a baseball player here for two seasons, and then you made the switch over to basketball. So just take me all the way back to that transition, you know, what sparked it, what, what kind of uh, went through your mind when you said, okay, it's time to make a change. Yeah, it seems like so long ago, but um, probably towards the end of baseball season last year, um, just started kind of thinking about stuff, what I wanted to do, um, and kind of reached out to Reed VL, the past walk-on. Um, just asked him how, how it was, you know, what to, that I was thinking about maybe um, trying out and what to expect and if he liked it. And so um, he kind of got back with me on that. Um, and then over the summer, just kind of reaching out to the coaches and seeing if it was there was opportunity for me to walk on, um, communicating with uh, Coach Maneri that I was done with baseball, and then finally trying out for the basketball team once school started, and it all came together kind of luckily. So for those who don't know, you were a really good, really good high school basketball player, top 28 MVP, uh, scored a bunch of points. Not playing for two years, that first day back in the gym, I mean, did you was it difficult, but did you also kind of bridge the gap by playing some pickup here and there? Or was oh, yeah. It- I mean, I played pickup all summer, but there was nothing to get me prepared. And I knew that yeah. coming in, there was nothing that was going to get me prepared being out of the game for two years. Um, luckily, I think being at LSU, working out in the strength program for baseball, that really um, kind of helped me bridge the gap. Whereas if I would have not been doing anything for two years and tried to <laughs> make this jump, I, I don't think I would have been able to do it. But um, that, that truly helped me, I think, um, working out for the past two years with baseball. What was the hardest adjustment just in those first couple of weeks when you're back at basketball? Was it conditioning? Was it uh, something else? What was the biggest change uh, for you? At first it was conditioning, I would say, and that, that's a lot of what we were doing, um, running and lifting. And then um, once we started picking up basketballs later, I also had to um, – getting gear, I was a little behind. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a lot faster game. So it was everything we did, it was like I had to kick it up a gear um, and learn something new. How rusty were you? I mean, what was, like, what was the skill that came back slowest and what was the skill that came back quickest for you? Um, I mean, I've always had a good touch on the ball or been able to um, handle it. But I think just the pace of play and being conditioned was a big part. I would get uh, really tired fast so then there goes your your focus and your skills as soon as you get tired so it really wasn't my um, fundamentals I would say um, but it was just that being in shape and being able to compete for um, an extended period of time. Having been in the baseball program for two years having been here for a few months now what are some of the similarities you see between the two programs obviously LSU baseball has this great championship tradition um, what, what are some of the same things that, that the programs share? What are some things that are, are different? Um, I would just say the mindset that both programs have here at LSU. It's um, both programs are here to win. You know, every year um, there's no off seasons or building seasons. Um, 
every year the goal is for baseball to go to Omaha, you know, and for basketball, ever since Coach Wade's got here, ever since I've um, kind of climbed on board, that our goals, we've had big goals as well for the team. And I would say that's a big similarity that Coach Maneri and Coach Wade do well is, um, you know, kind of preaching that from the beginning and uh, continuing to um, keep that in mind throughout the season of the big goals at hand um, while also preparing for every game. Um, a difference, I would just say the it's not the time, but it's just a different feel. Um, baseball took up a lot of time, um, a lot of preparation and practice, and so does basketball. It's just I was a little, I'm a little more tired after basketball practice than I was <laughs> for baseball, um, but that's about it. Understandable. Um, how different are the locker rooms? Like, how, how different are the the guys on the team? Obviously, baseball is a little bit bigger of a roster. Right. Um, basketball is a little bit smaller. How, how different are just the relationships within the team? Um, I would say baseball. It's 35, obviously, so um, it's not clicky, but you definitely find um, you know you can't spend time with everybody all the time with that many guys. So you find little groups, but with basketball, it gives you. Um, having only 15 guys, it gives you a chance to kind of meet everyone individually. And uh, both, both teams are a family, obviously, but um, basketball, that smaller group, it, it seems like we're always together um, practicing or on the road or whatnot. And so I, I feel like um, we bond really well. We talked about the differences and the similarities of the programs. What are some of the differences and similarities with the head coaches, with Paul Maneri and Will Wade? What, what do you see in them that's similar and different? Um, uh, like I said earlier in the interview, I think uh, preseason, but um, I was trying to pick that apart when I came on board, like what's different about Coach uh, Maneri or, or Coach Way. But um, like I said, I, I found myself looking at the things that they have in common of how they prepare each day. I've never met two, I've never been coached under two coaches that are so extremely prepared of how they want practice ran and um, just the details, I would say. They're, are extremely important to them and in turn um, become extremely important for the players on the teams. Who are the best basketball players on the baseball team and who are the best baseball players on the basketball team? Um, okay, basketball players on the baseball team. Josh Smith was pretty talented. Um, Matthew Beck, big man down yep. low. Got the size. Um, Eric Walker, that's kind of who I would play with uh, if we did play. And that's about it. Um, I think Kramer was pretty good, but I didn't get to play with him very much. Um, the best baseball players on the basketball team, I, I've heard Marlon played, but other than that, I, I really have no idea. So when you're coming out of high school, were you recruited at all as a basketball player? I know you were obviously really productive. Yeah. What were some of the schools that recruited, recruited you and why did you go to baseball? Um, mostly like Southland schools, I would say, like Northwestern State, McNeese State, um, University of New Orleans, Southeastern, schools like that. Um, and I was just kind of waiting for a bigger offer um, coming out of high school for basketball. And so I didn't do the early signing period and then um, went on to baseball season and kind of, well, obviously got some bigger offers and decided to um, do that and play here at LSU. Did you have a preference? Did you like one better when you were playing in high school? No, it was just always um, in the winter, it's basketball season, yeah. and then walk it right down to baseball season as soon as, as we're done with basketball. So I was just talking with Will about the connectedness of this team, and when I asked him what does a connected team look like, 
uh, the first thing you started talking about was the scout team and, and how you guys have been so engaged in practice, getting the team ready. Um, how have you kind of embraced that role as a guy that's always going to be on the scout team? What are, what are some of the, the unique nuances that maybe people outside the program don't understand about what it's like to get a, get a team ready and, and play that scout team mm-hmm. role? Um, I think just uh, throughout the season, just seeing, you know, what, a, what kind of difference the scout team can make uh, from game to game, um, it's really easy for us to um, not get discouraged, but just kind of get complacent and just kind of go through the motions. And um, I feel like we we might have done that early in the season at times. And it just shows when you get on the court, um, the guys, you know, they're super talented. But if we can give them that extra um, effort of showing them, hey, this guy like really likes to go right or he, he really likes a shot fake or something, then um, – it really does help the team, and, and I think um, all of us, especially me, we take, I take pride in, in seeing that um, come to fruition on the court. So, last one for you. When I was a walk-on, my favorite, maybe the, my favorite week of my basketball career, period, was when we were about to play LSU and I was Marcus Thornton for the okay. scout team. Because all I did was shoot all <laughs> right. week. It was awesome. Is there a guy that you've been on scout team this year that was more fun to be than anybody else? Um, it's kind of funny because sometimes I'm someone who doesn't shoot at all, and then the next week, like like you say, it's the best week ever because you get to be, have someone that has the green light. But uh, just recently, I was uh, Davis Jr. from um, Houston. No, Ole Miss. Oh, okay, Ole Miss. Yeah, and uh, that was really fun. So I got it, got to let it loose, and that's always a fun three days of practice, just playing. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, that was LSU sophomore guard Will Reese. Thanks to him for joining the show today. Let's go ahead and finish up today's episode by previewing the Tigers' trip to Missouri this weekend as LSU gets set to take on the Tigers of Missouri. Um, Mizzou comes into this game in, in an interesting spot. They came into the season with relatively high hopes based on the fact that they were bringing back Jonte Porter, uh, who, if you remember Michael Porter from last year, didn't play much for Missouri, uh, but was a guy that was on their roster, came back for the SEC tournament, was a first-round pick in the NBA draft. Uh, Jonte is his younger brother, also projected to be a first-round draft pick this year, but Jonte got hurt uh, before the season started, I believe, and hasn't played at all for them. Uh, So that kind of left a big hole in their roster, but they do have some experience. They bring back guys like Jordan Geist, who's a senior, a guy that's shooting 36% from three, a guy who takes good care of the basketball, gets some assists, tough defender. Uh, he's going to be you know, really feisty playing in front of his home crowd. Mark Smith uh, is a sophomore for them. He's one of the best shooters in the SEC. He's shooting 48% from three this year, including 50% in conference. Super efficient guy uh, who can get hot in a hurry. Um, other guys that they have to keep an eye on, Javon Pickett is a guy that's put up some numbers for him this year. Another guard. Uh, this is a very guard-oriented team. Kevin per year is one of those guys who seems like he's been around the SEC for forever. Uh, He's shooting 39% from three this year, a guy that can play inside, a guy that can play outside. So if you look at Missouri, um, they can score the ball. They can they can put up some points uh, if they get hot. And uh, where they've struggled a little bit this year is defensively, they were pretty good in the non-conference, actually. But since the start of SEC play, uh, they've been giving up 106.1 points per 100 possessions. Uh, they've started to slow things down. Really, they, they play a very, very slow tempo. Um, LSU likes to get up and run. So interested to see how those two things match up. Offensively, they turn the ball over a lot, and that should play – in LSU's hands is LSU with Tremont Waters and Skyler Mays are that uh, they're pretty good at, uh, at getting in passing lanes and, and getting steals. But where they're really really dangerous on offense is shooting the three ball. They're the uh, leading three point shooters in conference play, thirty nine point one percent. 
So they can get hot in a hurry, and they defend the three-point line pretty well at 32%. So if this turns into a jump-shooting contest, that would not favor LSU. LSU is going to have to defend better against Missouri than they did against Georgia. Uh, if they don't, the fact that it's a road game, the fact that Missouri's got so many guys that can shoot the ball, it uh, it could get out of hand, and LSU could, uh, could be in trouble. So the big thing for the Tigers is going to be taking care of the basketball shooting the ball well from three, taking good shots from three, and uh, and not letting this thing turn into a three-point shooting contest, pounding the paint, Tremont Waters' penetration, Skyler May's penetration, feeding Nazareed on the block, feeding Emmett Williams and Cavell Bigby Williams on the block. If they do that, if they take care of the basketball, if they play defense the way that they've played defense in previous games before Georgia, they should be fine. But that game will be at 5 p.m. Central on Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. I'll actually be there uh, in Columbia, taking the action in person. So be sure to follow along at lsusports.net, follow at LSU Basketball, uh, follow me on Twitter at Cody Worsham or on Instagram at Cody M. Worsham for all the updates from Columbia. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Boot Up the LSU Basketball Podcast. If you have not yet, please give us a rating, give us a subscription, uh, give us a review. The, the last episode absolutely blew up. I was excited to see that. Uh, four times the number of listeners from the previous episode. So super exciting. Uh, Let's keep this thing growing. I I appreciate your guys' help. I I love the listenership and and the dedicated listeners that we're getting. And uh, it's really exciting. And and, uh, it's an exciting year for LSU basketball. We've seen the potential of this team. we got a chance to do some special things. and, And hopefully we'll be along for the ride the whole time. So until next time. 